Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. What do we got today, Rick? We got value picks for tight ends and quarterbacks. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, guys? My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. What's up? How you doing, Rick? Uh, just peachy. You know, football. <laughs> peachy. Uh, I thought you said PG, and I was like, what the heck are you talking about, dude? I'm feeling like Paul George in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, dude. Nothing but that. Hey, no, uh, I mean, I'm excited because, you know, training camp starts this <sighs> week. So. You know, I usually get to sit there and, like, analyze every freaking uh, video that comes out about players that I like while OTAs are happening. Uh-huh. There has been a lack of OTAs this offseason. So uh, this is the first actual football activities that we get uh, since the NFL draft. Really? Yeah. So it's, it's definitely exciting for us fantasy nerds. But yeah, dude. <laughs> it's also exciting just to have football back. Also, in uh, what day is it? The 27th? In just under yeah. 25 days, we have our our draft, our home league draft. Oh, shoot. The draft I prepared everything for just to win once, just to taste victory just one time. I tell you, <laughs> commissioners never win. They never win. Our listener league will probably be in August too, right? Yeah, dude. I'm Always excited about that. Um, before we jump into our value picks, and then we'll get to some news after that, before we jump into our value picks, though, check out our website, thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs, on Instagram at the Fantasy Champions. You can follow us individually on Twitter. Uh, the handles are somewhere on the screen. Uh, like us at facebook.com forward slash the Fantasy Champions. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platform, please leave a review and share this great podcast with your friends. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like, and leave a comment down below what your uh, your favorite player that we discussed on this episode is. And we also have the draft guide. Uh, the orders for the draft guide come in at $25. We talked about it a million times. You've got to buy the draft guide. It's cheap. It really is cheap. Like, what, what can you buy for $25 that you're just going to completely waste your money on? Trips to McDonald's? Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Absolutely. Dude, Chipotle probably I would probably take Chipotle over our draft guide, to be honest with you, but that's just me. But it's it's it is like what is that? A trip maybe two. I mean if you if you go with like your girlfriend or something, that's like one trip to Chipotle. Versus the entire draft guide. Do you know how much money I spend at Chipotle? <laughs> okay, for you it's not, like not it's healthy. like it's like pays for like half of your first Chipotle trip. Yes. But for most people it's about pays about one trip to Chipotle. So if you're the draft if you're new to fantasy football, you're like, what is a draft guide? It has all of our our content in it uh, to help you win your league. We have full rankings, breakouts, bus player breakdowns, player draft values, and so much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you order now, you will be entered in for a chance to be in our listener league for the 2020 season. Um, so be sure to buy the draft guide. And try to beat us in the listener league. Let's jump right into value picks. We probably talked about some of these players before. Mm-hmm. 
So if you've listened to our podcast before, you know we love some of these players. So we're gonna For we're sure. just gonna reiterate why we love them. Um, we actually haven't talked about one of these guys too often, but uh, we'll get to him in a minute. Let's start off with Matt Stafford. Obviously, uh, Rick put a my guy tweet. You know what drives me crazy about that is half the people who do the my guy thing don't even realize what it actually is. It's a segment started by the fantasy footballers, if anybody listens to that podcast. <laughs> and everyone does um, my guys. And I'm like, do you even know what that means? But anyway, you had Matt Stafford as a quarterback my guy. And he's mm-hmm. number one on our quarterback's value pick list. Um, because of injury, held him out of the season uh, for a majority of the season last year. What, did he play 10 games, 8 games? Um, uh, I think he played 9 games. Uh, player profiler says he played 8, I believe. He played 8. He did play 8. Yeah. So... His ADP is at uh, 110, and if you if you were to take the eight games that he played at the beginning of last season and just pace them out, or not pace them out, but just give I'll give you the rank of where he was in the first half of the season. It was quarterback 10 overall uh, through those eight weeks. I, I'm going to pull one game it's off week, it. Week, it's um, through week one through nine, he was the QB6. I think was it's because they had a five Oh, okay. All right. I'm sorry. Um, I'm miscalculating his, that. Thank no, you. No, you're good. His, I think he was like fourth two in points per game average, fourth or fifth. Um, you might be right. Mm, I think probably yeah, fourth or fifth. I'm, probably fifth. I have the list right here. Oh yeah, Mahomes had him beat by zero point three points. Freaking uh, Mahomes. <laughs> but anyway, his ADP right now is one ten. And he's going off the board as I want to say the fifteenth or sixteenth quarterback. Something ridiculous like yep. that. I I, I want to just confirm that before I say it out loud. Well, I already did. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think there's. I already a, said it out loud, so it is what it is. I think there's around like 14, 15 quarterbacks that are getting taken ahead of him. Um, I know like Fantasy Pros, I believe, has him has him ranked twelfth, so they have him ranked higher. But he's usually going around. Yeah, he's the fourteenth um, quarterback off the board. Yeah, which is a little low for me. I think he should be mm-hmm. higher. Uh, but it's it's safe to say that Matt Stafford is a value pick sure. at 110. Seeing what he did in the early part of the season, like we just discussed, mm-hmm. where he ended as the QB six, he was top five, top six in fantasy points per game. Um, and, you know, what he was doing over the course of the first half of the season was insanely good. Um, I think there was a stretch where he could have been, I think if like over the, there's a span of like four or five games where he could have been the, a top four quarterback or something like that. I think he's capped. We've talked about before. I have an infatuation with rushing quarterbacks in fantasy football. Um, I don't think sure, Matt yeah. Stafford can do that very effectively. So I think his ceiling is kind of capped at that number six. But if you're going Ricky Lemonstrat drafting <laughs> a, a old quarterback and then a younger quarterback in the later rounds, um, or, or a more esta- not older quarterback, but an established quarterback, somebody who's going to get you good enough production to start the season, and then draft maybe like a Gardner Minshew or a Daniel Jones or something like that a little bit later, or you might have to draft Daniel Jones earlier now. I don't know. I haven't been keeping an eye on Daniel Jones's ADP, but regardless of the situation, you can draft a younger quarterback who might break out this year and get your steady horse uh, in Matthew Stafford uh, in the later part of the draft at pick freaking in the, I want to say the 10th, 11th round in a 12 team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it's a great value pick. Yes. There is a chance that he completely poops himself this year and just isn't the same quarterback, but I think, you know, with the talent he has around him with so, 
Kenny Galladay with Marvin Jones. You add DeAndre Swift. You still have carry on Johnson. You have TJ Hawkins and you have a good offensive line. Like it just, all the pieces are there for Matt Stafford to play well. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, I mean, that's the thing with Stafford. Uh, I get the concern with him because he's been injury prone throughout his career. Um, man threw a touchdown with a broken shoulder. At the same time, like, so I think that's kind of a myth when people say he is injury prone throughout his career. Yes, he has got injured before, including this past year. But did you know he played in all 16 games for seven straight seasons from 2011 to 2018? Wow. He played in all 16 games. This is the facts that we need. Um, You didn't brought those facts. So, and like he has had down years. Um, yeah. Recently, like 2018, he didn't have a great fantasy year. Um, 2016, I don't think he had a great yeah. fantasy year. But you remember, like, he's his the talent around him has been brutal since Calvin Johnson has left. Uh, yeah. And now it's finally, it, this is probably the best yeah. offense, at least, that, that he's, he's ever been a part of. The offensive line improved slightly. Yeah. They added, um, I believe they drafted two guards and a center in, like, the third, fourth rounds in each draft. So they've added some depth pieces to the interior line. Yeah, uh, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones are obviously there. That uh, mm-hmm. T.J. Hawkins is going into his second year. They added Danny Amendola last year. They now added DeAndre Swift, who is an elite playmaker and yeah. is very good in the passing game, which was one of his best things. I mean, going into the draft, I remember we were talking about mm-hmm. on the show how you love Jonathan Taylor and I really like Swift and Dobbins just just because pass catching wise. Yeah, um, I love Taylor too, but. <laughs> a different discussion for a different time but either way deandre swift's going to help matt stafford a lot uh carry on johnson is still mm-hmm. there there's a lot of talent on around that offense um and if he just stays healthy he was on pace for almost five thousand yards last year like four thousand nine hundred and like 98 or something like that or 96 like in that range yeah he was on pace for 38 touchdowns so almost 40 touchdowns last year <laughs> i'm not saying he's gonna do that but when you get a guy in that 10th 11th round range I mean, you, he's going to be a pretty safe bet if healthy to be like a top 12 fantasy quarterback. Uh, go ahead of him. Ben Roethlisberger, like people in that range. Like to me, I think he deserves to be in that like Matt Ryan yeah. range. And he's like the eighth quarterback off the board, like the eighth or ninth guy. So he's, he is a very good value where he's going. Yeah, uh, you you dropped for like uh, maybe five seconds there of dead space. So if you're listening on the podcast, oh. and you're like, "What just happened for five seconds?" He just he dropped for a second. He's on a phone call. Um, that's my bad, I guess. That's all right. You're totally fine. Uh, we got your point though. Um, I did want to pace out Matt Stafford over the course of oh my word, pace out Matt Stafford over the course of the games that he started last year because you did mention that he had what what was it? He was pacing at forty touchdowns. 40 um, to, uh, around a little less yeah. it was 30 38 touchdowns um but 5000 yards 38 yeah. touchdowns is crazy and he re- <laughs> he re- he rushed it for 132 yards which is not you know that's not a, nothing to like write home about yeah that's an extra 13 fantasy points to your total but that extra 13 fantasy points can mean the difference of you getting to a higher you know uh finish i yeah. guess um, but I, I think the biggest thing with Stafford is that I, I don't expect him to put up gaudy numbers this year like that. Um, I think he could hit 30 plus touchdowns. I think he could hit 4,500 plus yards, um, and stuff like that. Sure. And I think, yeah, I, I don't think, think he's going to throw 5,000 yards. Yeah. Touchdowns, like seven, he can throw eight or nine 
a seven, eight or nine finish next season is way higher than the 14th, 15th quarterback off the board. With the thing with Stafford too, it's not even just that. It's just the fact that I think his floor is pretty, pretty high. Like you're almost guaranteed to get a solid, especially 10. if you're in like a 12 team yeah. league, he's going to be a solid quarterback uh, right. that you can start on a week to week basis. Um, where a guy like Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. and even I love him, but even a guy like Daniel Jones, like you don't know if you're going to get that. No, you don't. And and I think like if you're taking that route where you're just going to draft a rookie, like probably I'm going to, or not draft a rookie, but a young guy. Right. Um, if you're going to end up doing that like I am, then I'm anticipating streaming for the early part of the season until something interesting happens. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Last year, I got my quarterback off the waiver wire, Dak Prescott, <laughs> in a majority of leagues. And he ended up, what, a top five quarterback? So it's like, you know, you don't have to draft a quarterback, but if you do, like, taking that strategy, I think it's a great value in the later rounds to take sure, yeah. um, to take Matt Stafford. I did want to say um, another fantasy point that I've been playing, I mean, another statistic that I've been playing around recently. You know how I have my fantasy point per touch for running backs, fantasy point per target for wide mm-hmm. receivers. Fantasy point per drop back on playerprofiler.com. Gives you an interesting uh, little perspective on how many fantasy points a quarterback actually gets in relation to like how many dropbacks they have. And he was at number five in the NFL last year in fantasy points per dropback. So and with 580 passes, if he stays at that efficient level, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he could he could definitely finish as a top seven quarterback easily. Um, in 2016, he played all 16 games and he was at. Point three four, with um, little to no weapons in his arsenal. So now that he's got guys and he's got the bit like just to give you a, a more perspective, his receiver target separation as a team last year in 2018 was 1.32. And in 2019, when he was on the field playing, it was 1.24. So he was actually better with less target separation, but that just comes with better receivers. So, um, overall, I think he's, he's got really great potential to break onto the scene this year. And actually, if he gets a full season to be a lot better of a, uh, quarterback than people anticipate, especially in the 14th, uh, 13th or uh, 12th or 13th round. Let's talk about number two quarterback. We're going to talk about three quarterbacks, two tight ends. Um, the second guy I was referencing to the, at the beginning of the episode, Ryan Tan, my Hill is I think I think he's a great value. I don't know. I'm don't with know you on this one. Uh even though I'm not I like, haven't decided like we we were taking a long time, by the way, to to decide what we wanted to do with Ryan Tannehill. And yeah. uh this is so, it. This is our time to decide what Tannehill's gonna be. I'm going to say this right now. This is this is my opinion on Ryan Tannehill. If he was going earlier and if he was getting overhyped, I'd be staying far away from him. Which I remember, like in March, mm-hmm. when like those very super early mock drafts are going on, he was getting uh-huh. drafted as like yeah. the ninth, eighth, seventh quarterback in fantasy, right? And that was insanely high. Now, where his ADP is, is he like the seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth ranked quarterback, like in that range, with his ADP? Yeah, somewhere. I mean, he's he's I in ten team. He's getting draft. He's going basically. He's undrafted. one of those players that I don't even have like a strong opinion on for him being 21 QB, but I'm drafting him in that spot 10 out of 10 times. Um, yeah, because for the simple fact of like last year when he took over Tennessee, he was the third ranked quarterback in fantasy. 
I mean, he was really good when he took over Tennessee last year. Yeah. Is that a one-hit wonder? Yeah, very well could be. But you're sitting there in the is he, like 14th round. The, question, available. the like, question that you have to ask is, is he better than the 21st quarterback? Like, is he going to finish higher than 21? Yeah. If, he, if, he, if he's healthy, absolutely. So that's why you have to hit smash on the draft button when you see him on your board is because he's... He is an incredible 14th, 15th round value in 12 team. And it's like, if you can get him off the board, just for generic reasons, we've talked about in the past, I'll go over the numbers in a second of what he did last year in the time that he started for the Tennessee Titans. And he wasn't even that efficient through the air. It was just what he was doing in combination with, you know, passing on the ground that was making him a lot better fantasy wise. But it's like, even if you just look past that, I think he can finish as a top 15 quarterback all day. I think that's easy for him, but it's like, and if, if you're saying that that's like, for me, I think that's generally speaking, 15 to 17 is probably his floor. Then that's six quarterbacks ahead of where he's getting drafted right now. And it's like, even if he doesn't end up as a great quarterback, you know what I mean? You're getting somebody that, Worst case scenario, you can, you know, I mean, I don't like to hold multiple quarterbacks on my team. So I think in the worst case, he's a streamable he's somebody guy. for you, for somebody with your strategy. If you don't, you like to stream quarterbacks. Tannehill's a perfect guy to like draft yeah. in the 15th round that you can drop after week one if you want to, and then start yeah, streaming. and see what, see what he does. Right. And, and the one hit wonder thing that I would just argue against, um, because I have heard a lot of people make that argument, including me. I've even made that argument. But it's not like he's a complete one-hit wonder. In 2014, he was the eighth quarterback in all fantasy. Yeah. Um, in 2015, I want to say he was top 12. I'm going to confirm that real quick. But he's done this before. He's also like, been he's had top 10 seasons. He's also right. been in an he, offense that has just been garbage in Miami. So it's like he finally has an offense that is somewhat slightly de- like decent. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like if he can actually come out, you know, and and perform in a full season like he did last year over the, the starts that he had. I think it was the back half of the season. I mean, it, he, he can be a lot better. Right. I mean, 2015, I don't, I don't think he was actually that. He was the QB 17. So yeah, that's still though. like if you're drafting him as the QB 20, like he, he's probably going to be um, like, I think he, he has that upside to be in the top 12, top mm-hmm. 15. Because again, the QB three last year in 2014, he was a QB eight. So he has done it before, and then in 2015 he had a solid season, um, and then injuries yeah. obviously affected him. So could he stink next year? Absolutely. But could he be good? Yeah. Yes, and I think that's worth the risk. Going in like the 14th, like 14th, 15th round, like yep, it's so, it's totally worth it. And I've talked about his pacing statistics before, but 4,100 passing yards, 35 passing touchdowns, eight interceptions is what he was pacing at last year. Um, and he was also pacing at 64 rushes for 290 yards and six rushing touchdowns. See, that, um, that's the one thing that I don't expect. I think the rushing yards will be there. The rushing touchdowns. The rushing touchdowns will not. So yeah. him him doing what, like if you look at if you look at over the course of those games that he started, I believe it was week seven through 17. Uh-huh. If you it look at... He's, he played in week 16, but he, his first start was, or week six, sorry, but his first start was week seven. So if you just look at his starts and where he finished over that time, it was top three, like you said. Mm. So, so, I mean, when you're, when you're looking at the numbers, 
here. That's what he would have to do to finish top three. I don't think he's scoring six touchdowns on the ground. I think he could score four next season. That That's not unreasonable. Maybe three. But like when you got Derrick Henry and you have a bowling ball like that in the red zone, you're you're probably not going to be calling a lot of pass plays in the red zone for Ryan Tannehill or RPOs for Ryan Tannehill to get into the end zone. So yep. I think he's going to rush his normal amount, probably get 275 to 300 yards, which is, you know, a decent floor on a week to week basis to get you like what I noticed with him is that he was getting about 18 fantasy points a game, 17 fantasy points a game on passing, but then he would get two to three extra fantasy points that would get him past that 20 threshold, which is what you're looking for in a four point touchdown league for quarterbacks. Right. Yep. So it's like, that's kind of what I look for. My quarterbacks, I want 20 points out of that guy. Cause if it gets up to 20 points, then you're for sure. Like there's a good chance that you're beating the other team at the quarterback position. You know what I mean? Um, so I think for, for Tannehill, it's just a matter if that continues. I don't think it does, but like just looking like we talked about the numbers that he had over the, those 10 starts, he was the QB three. And it's like, even if he regresses a little bit and becomes like the QB seven over that span or the QB eight next year, that is far better when you're getting him at the QB 21 in drafts. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless he really, really stinks, like gets benched kind of stinks. I don't really think. They just, what did they be, just do? Pay him hundred million dollars? They did. Yeah, they paid him a lot of money. God, I hate when he's got to really that. stink next year to get to where his ADP value. Is. Yeah, and it is possible. Like, don't get me wrong. He has guys. to be I'm Baker not, Mayfield. Tannah- right. I'm not a big Tannehill fan, but yeah, with where his ADP is, that's fantastic value. Yeah, uh, I, and then the fantasy points per dropback. I just wanted to note that for the quarterbacks right now is the .62, which is number two in the league. Um which is crazy. So yeah, I think, you know, I mean, obviously the, the drawback with Ryan Tannehill is that you look at the pacing numbers for last year, 432 attempts, uh, paced out to a full 16 games is what he would be at. And an average quarterback, usually we just talked about Stafford Stafford threw 580 attempts paced out last year. So he's 150 attempts less, which I think is the biggest concern for Ryan Tannehill is that if he doesn't reach 500 passing attempts, that could damage his ability to finish as a top 10 quarterback, which which I think is the concern for him. But I think, you know, when you're when you're basically spending zero draft capital on him, mm-hmm. uh, you can like 14, 15th round, you can hit that and and hope he actually succeeds. Right. Um, let's talk about another guy that came on. We haven't talked about him. We haven't talked about Tannehill a lot, and we haven't talked about Cam Newton a lot. Um, we talked about Cam Newton when we were bragging about him. As but, Patriots. As Patriots fans, but that that's you know, about anyway. it. Um, Cam Newton is an interesting. We talked about him a little bit, I think, a couple weeks ago. He's a little bit of an interesting player because you don't know what to anticipate. Last year, when he was on the field, he did not look right. His shoulder was off. His throwing motion was off. He was throwing basically just ducks. It like, I could have thrown better passes than Cam Newton was at the end of the season. Like he, he was not good. And so that was kind of drawing him back a little bit. And then, you know what I mean? He went into the off season, all the stuff with the Panthers went down. He ended up getting cut and now he signs with the new England Patriots. So the real question with Cam Newton is, to me, it's not necessarily if Cam Newton can have success. It's Is, is Cam Newton going to be healthy? Um, 
I think that if he starts for the New England Patriots and he plays a full 16 game games, he can finish as a top 10 quarterback. Easy. But I think it's a reality of, is he going to finish the season? And and I, I know a lot of the New, New England, so there's some New England reporters that are saying Cam Newton's not going to start for the New England Patriots. Uh, he's going to start for the New England Patriots. So get off that train. It drives yeah. me crazy. Uh as long as he's on the roster, he's going. As long as he's on the roster, he's going to start week one. So if he's healthy, I think he's going to be Cam Newton. We talked about full 16. I talked about it last year. I talked about it a little bit this year and the time that we spent on Cam Newton. Cam Newton has always been a top five quarterback when he plays a full 16 games. That is yeah. within the realm of outcomes for Cam Newton if he plays full 16 in New England. I think that Josh McDaniels and the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick are far greater offensive minds than the garbage cans that were coaching the Carolina Panthers. And I don't mean any disrespect to Ron Rivera, but I really do think Cam Newton can be a lot better on the Patriots. Ron Rivera. No, I know. But just Cam Newton was really good, but I think the Patriots can make him better and utilize him for what, what he is. So, I mean, you're talking about like what Cam Newton is. We've talked about Josh Allen scoring a lot of rushing touchdowns. Josh Allen is literally a carbon copy of what Cam Newton is. Cam Newton gets in the red zone. He just rushes it in. So does that, is that good for Sony Michelle? No, we're not talking about Sony Michelle. We're talking about Cam Newton. So Cam, Cam Newton scores six rushing touchdowns. If he plays a full 16 game season, heck to the yeah. And if he does that, you're talking about 500 rushing yards, six touchdowns. Like he for sure finishes as a top five quarterback with that. So I'm not saying he's going to. Like I could, I could think I, I for, I for one think he's probably going to only play like 12 to 13 games this year, but if he plays a full 16, there's no reason why you can't expect the realm of possibility where Cam Newton ends up as a top five, top six quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about this before on the show. I love Cam Newton with Josh McDaniels. And as you were saying, I like the designs that they're going to use. Um, you know, the argument is that they have no weapons. I don't really, I, because in Carolina, he didn't have any weapons either. Um, and you can make the argument that the weapon, at least receiver-wise, even though it's not very good, might be better than what it was in Carolina yeah. uh, two years ago when he was healthy. I think D- I want to say DJ Moore was a rookie um, last time in 2017. Yeah. Or I don't think DJ Moore was even drafted yet um, in mm-hmm. 2017, the last time he came to the Uh I believe that was McCaffrey's rookie season, so that was pretty much all he had. Yeah. Uh, but here at New England, like, you know, he's not going into a situation with a ton of weapons, but yeah. he's still got Julian Edelman. Mohamed Sanu uh, is fully healthy. If Nikhil Harry can take a year two jump, then he's mm. going to be solid. So right. he, he does have some some talent there. James White is somebody who's going to mm. get overlooked a lot, but he's going to fit really well with Cam Newton. Um, and then, like, as you said, in games that, or in the seasons that Cam Newton has played all 16 games, he has never finished outside the top five fantasy quarterbacks. Yeah. And you want to say, like, that's really only the beginning of his career. I mean, 2017 is not that far away. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, he in 2018, he, the first half of 2018, I think he was – Yeah. Um, before he got injured, he was a top five fantasy quarterback as well. Yeah. And then he just got injured, played poorly the second half of the season, and then right. didn't play last year. So the last time we've seen him play a full 16, he was the QB2 in all of fantasy behind Russell Wilson. I think, I mean, that, that, that lends itself to his ability to, um, brush the football. You know what I mean? And I think that in this NFL nowadays, it is, I don't, you know, I don't think there's a world where he finishes top three, but I think there's a world where he finishes top five, but I think the rushing is going to get him there. You know what I mean? He's never been a guy to get like, you know, you talk about, 
like, let's just go back to, let's go back to, what is it, 2018? This is the last season he was able to not play full 16, but he played 14 games. Right. And that season, he only threw 3,800 yards, 27 passing touchdowns. This is paced out to a full 16, by the way. Uh, but he did rush for 115 times, you know, at 558 rushing yards and five touchdowns. That's what gets him over the hump in terms of what he needs to do fantasy-wise. Right. Worst rushing seasons. Right. But it's like when you so. look at when you look at his full like, you know, uh, like career numbers. He has never thrown four thousand yards in a season. Like, I want to oh, say. Oh yeah, ever. I don't expect him to do that in New England. But I honestly think he could have even more rushing touchdowns. Like, do you think? In oh, the he, threw, zone, he threw four thousand passing yards in two thousand eleven. But that was his rookie season. rookie season. Other than that, he's right usually not. Um, but with, with Josh McDaniels as mm-hmm. the offense coordinator, I feel like there's going to be a lot of designed plays for Cam Newton inside right, the right. five ten yard line for him to just run it in. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Like Tom Brady, who's the, the slowest guy in the world, is like the QB sneak master, but he consistently would get like one or two rushing touchdowns a season. Yeah, um, just off like goal line plays. So I, I could see Cam Newton getting around like six, seven rushing touchdowns next year if he plays a full sixteen games. And, and his- he does that. Yeah. He's gonna be a top ten fantasy quarterback. His best, his best. I, I, he's higher. Well, if if he gets the rushing touchdowns, he's higher than top ten. But in 2011, he had 14 rushing touchdowns. 2013, he had six. That was the anomaly then, because I think that was his rookie season. Yeah, but in 2015, bad. he had 10 rushing touchdowns, which is yeah. four years later. That was his MVP season, I believe. So it's like I, I and then like the season after his rookie season, 2012, he had eight. So it was like the seasons where he didn't six finish in 2017. And that like, wasn't that long ago in his 16 so. is in his 16 games. Like in, in his, um, in seasons where he started all 16 games, he had 14, eight rushing touchdowns, six rushing touchdowns, 10 rushing touchdowns and six rushing touchdowns. So he scored six or more rushing touchdowns in every single year. He had 16 or more fantasy points. I mean, a 16 or more games started. So for me, it's like when you look at Cam Newton, like I would honestly say it's almost with, especially what you just brought up with new England, like enjoying rushing the football in the red zone with the quarterback for some strange reason, they will get cam Newton, the ball when they need to. And I could see eight touchdowns going his way or something like that. If he plays a full 16, now I'm not saying the Patriots offense is going to be good. I'm not saying that cam Newton is going to be an elite passer again. I'm just telling you the facts that are placed in front of me. And I, I really do think cam Newton is a great value. For sure. Especially when he's like, I think he's the 18th quarterback off the board right now. Right. He's somebody that you can draft in the last two, two rounds. And then if he gets cut by the Patriots, you you just cut him. Or if he gets injured, you just cut him. Like he's not, there is no risk to drafting Cam Newton. And what I'm noticing in the later rounds of 12 team drafts right now uh, is, it is a minefield of nothing. Um, and I hate to make fun of certain people, but you are like, all I've been taking in the later rounds is like quarterbacks, tight ends and wide receivers. There's no running backs. The wide receivers are weak. And like, like at this point, there's some good quarterbacks and good tight ends, but you can't just keep taking quarterbacks and tight ends in those rounds. So it's like, it's just been a weak late round strategy. And if you want to take Cam Newton in the later rounds between 10 to 15 and, you know, hope for the best, uh, you can do that. And it's like, if he ends up a top five quarterback this year, then you, you hit the, you hit the nail on the head. But if he ends up getting cut week one, like you said, Rick, he's just cut him. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, for sure. Like all three of these guys yeah. that we've talked about, Tannehill, Cam Newton, and Matt Stafford 
are all guys I'm trying to target and redraft this year as like that late round veteran guy. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some tight ends, just two tight ends. I wanted sure. to add Johnny, but <laughs> I'm kind of glad you didn't, even though I like Johnny, I just, okay. I did. I didn't add Johnny for your sake. If we want to talk about six guys, Johnny would have been on the list though. Um, yeah. number four, a little bit more interesting. We'll talk about, we're going to talk about in depth, Mike Kosicki. Um, but there is some news surrounding the dolphins that will probably be discussed in here. So we'll, we will just mm-hmm. skip that news segment, uh, section, but the dolphins did acquire tight end Adam Shaheen from the bears in exchange for a sixth round pick. So they added yep. some depth at tight end. Um, we will talk about that in a second, but I just wanted to throw it out there before we jump into the news in a minute. Um, because we are talking about Mike Kosicki. Now, Mike Kosicki's ADP is 144. He's a 12th. I've seen, I've seen him go off uh, the board in the 11th and 10th round in mock drafts in on sleeper. So I think, you know, he's anywhere between 10 and 15, depending on what people know about Mike Kosicki. Um, three, I think it was three years ago was his rookie season. Uh, I think this is his third season in the he's NFL. He's going into his third year, yeah. Um, he is just a, we have talked about it before. He's a freak athlete. Um, there's quite literally, you know, you know, the interesting thing is that the amount of people that are excited about Preston Williams this year because of the splits they saw last year. And I'm like, can we please stop talking about an undrafted freaking rookie free agent? From I mean, last season, I, I just the players. There's there's plenty. There of are players that start. Players, what what's the name? But, name two really successful undrafted wide receivers. I have to. I'd have to look it up. I'm sure. I are. just don't think Preston Williams is that good, especially in Miami. So it's like I, I'm not a Preston. That's not why at all. I don't like Preston Williams. Uh, like because I don't care where you get drafted usually. But yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a Preston Williams. I care. Guy, I, I care who you're you playing for. I guess I just think he's an undrafted free agent on a team that probably isn't going to have the greatest offense in the world. Like they're right. going to be a better offense than they were last year. But I think Mike Kosicki's a freak athlete and Albert Wilson's not taking reps away from him. You know, like, like I don't think Preston Williams is going to get overtly targeted, you know, instead sure of Antonio Mike Brown Kosicki. Was an undrafted free was agent. he really? I don't think so. I think yeah. it was like a sixth I mean, round Maybe pick. he was like a sixth round pick. But. but anyway, so my point is, I think Mike Gesicki's the second target on that team. Like he, like if you're, if you were checking, like with, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick starting, if you were checking reads, it would be Devonte Parker, Mike Gesicki. And the second Gesicki gets, you know, like we talked about, I talked about this last year with um, my guy, Darren Waller is literally after Antonio Brown left, or got cut by the Raiders, they were left with Tyrell Williams. And it was like, who's the second guy on the team? And and they want to target the tight end position, right? So it's like the way that I look at Miami is I see Mike Kosicki as a very similar situation to Darren Waller because he is the second target on the team. And he's on a team where the quarterback really does like to throw it to the tight end position, right? So it's like, I think a talented tight end like Mike Kosicki can do really well. And and that just remains to be, you know, it just remains to be seen. But when you look at the back half of the season at the tight end position, um, I will just give you weeks eight through 17. Um, he started playing really well and he was the, he was the tight end six over the course they, of those 10 they, games. They got rid of um, Rosen was officially done starting for them and they stuck with Fitzpatrick. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I don't know how long Fitzpatrick's going to last next year, but if he but lasts, if they go to two that might be better. 
that honestly might I, be better. I don't, I don't know if it would be better. Rookie rookie quarterbacks don't it, really like to throw it to the tight end position. That destroyed Noah Font last year, having Drew Locke I mean, come in. I, I don't I don't know if that's necessarily true. Depends on the scheme. Because also, like, it can be a security blanket, too. He might not get a lot of yards. I guess it depends on the scheme, but I just, I think players coming out of college getting trained not to target the tight end position and target skill players. No, that is true. Yeah. He might not, he might immediately gravitate to Gasicki in the beginning of the season, but I don't think he's going to start until at least week 10. You know, I I really, like, I think, I think they're going to roll with Fitzmagic for as long as they freaking can. Um, I don't think they want Tua to play a, a snap this year, you know, starting the, you know, starting the season, unfortunately for your dynasty team. But, I think he'll play, <laughs> but it won't be to like week eight or nine. Yeah. But I think like, it, like if Fitzmagic's going out there and he's, you know, winning games, at least I don't mm-hmm. think Miami has any interest in sticking a rookie quarterback out there to like, if they, if they're like, uh, let's say by week eight, they're like six and two, or, or uh, that's a little outrageous, but say they're, say they're five and four, or I mean, not uh, five and three, and they're doing right. well, they're not just going to replace Ryan Fitzmagic not, because they, well, I agree with you there. I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking if their offense is going to be efficient, I think they'll just stick with Fitzpatrick because they don't want to get um, Tua out there too early. Right. But regardless of the situation, I think Mike Kosicki has the ceiling of being a top five tight end this year especially seeing what he did in the back half and then knowing that he he's a guy that you can snag between picks 10 and 15 i mean you know you add all that together he's definitely a really great value pick at the tight end position and he's a guy i'm snatching up as in many leagues as i can um to you know hope for the best i mean well who's uh, our writer adam adam hutchison uh, he keeps snatching Mike Kosicki and TJ Hawkinson back to back every single Love draft. It. It's a good strat. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. not a horrible idea. One of them's going to work. Gonna be, yeah. So that's what I'm doing in most of my leagues. Um, yeah. I mean, I like, I like Kosicki a lot. I've talked yeah. about him before. I compared him to Austin Hooper. Um, I think he's very similar in that sense. And I also think, you know, we, when we talked about Hooper last year, we were like, well, he, look at his year by year numbers. He keeps getting better keeps getting more targets. Um, they built similar as well. I, I think they're very similar type of players. And last year, Austin Hooper had a breakout year. I think this can easily be Mike Isecki's breakout year. He's going in his third year. He's 25 years old. Yeah. In his rookie year, he had just 32 targets, wasn't crazy involved. Mm-hmm. Last year, he had 89 targets. I mean, I could easily see that number going up to like 100, 105, 110 targets like going yeah. up each year. Right. Um, he is going to be the second guy behind Devontae Parker. I I don't think it's going to be Preston Williams. Like you said, undrafted guys don't usually end up being a top guy. I had to look it up. And the only guys in recent memory that ended up being um, kind of top wide receivers, and even then they weren't really, was Danny mm-hmm. Amendola and Victor Cruz. Uh, usually an yeah. undrafted guy is not. Yeah, there's plenty of undrafted rookie or undrafted Brown was a sixth round pick, correct? Players. But yeah. Um, what did you say? I said Brown is the sixth round pick, correct? Yeah, so he, yeah, he was a late round pick, um, sixth or seventh, I think. But he was drafted. Uh, so ridiculously so yeah, good, though. Gaisecki's going to be the second guy in that offense, and obviously, if Fitzpatrick is there, we know Gaisecki has yeah. top five potential written all over him. Um, if Tua comes in and plays sometime during the season, I still am not like I I get the concern. And I do generally agree with you. Um, you do make a good point where 
you know, the rookies aren't, aren't used to throwing to tight ends. But I also think when he's the second best option, he'll still get, he'll still get targets. Yeah. Especially like over the middle of the field on designed plays. Do you think Adam Um, Shaheen is a problem? Adam who? Adam Shaheen, the guy they just traded for. No, I don't. Okay, right, yeah, me, I agree. He's gonna, Moving he's on. just gonna be like a block. And I just wanted he to, might get get to like, he might get like ten receptions, but he's not gonna yeah. be. He's gonna be a classic like second or third tight end on a roster. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, no fantasy involvement, but solid. Uh, let's talk roster. about our last guy, uh, T.J. Hawkinson at ADP one forty six, right behind. Gasicki, which I don't understand. He went from being drafted way too high last year to way too low this year really quickly. Yeah. Um, he was very disappointing in a lot of ways last year. He had brick. He had some brick hands. <laughs> Probably should have caught like seven touchdowns, um, but he just dropped them. Um, I, I don't I don't have the drop counts in front of me. I'd love to know where he landed among drops uh, at the tight end position. But anyway, he had a 54% catch percentage. Um, and I don't know if that's simply because his quarterbacks were just straight garbage for a majority of the season, um, uh-huh. or they just, you know, or he just wasn't that good. Um, his true catch rate, according to player profiler was, um, let me just pull it up. 74%. His target quality rating was number 33 in the entire NFL. Uh, and his catchable target, it was 72%. So only 43 of his 79 targets were catchable, um, mm. which is horrible. I mean, so what, that, 43, that, 43 of his 59. About him being uh, kind of having, because he did have some drops last year in the red zone as well. Yeah. But does that partly make you feel better about? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I mean, I, there, that first game of the season was kind of like the big, the tie against Arizona mm-hmm. was the biggest like surprised for me because he came out and uh, like the team that drafted him in our league, I mocked him for drafting Hawkinson. And then he goes out, gets one thirty one, six catches and a touchdown. And I'm like, are we really going to be watching this all season? And then it just, it didn't pan out like that, but I mean, he almost caught two touchdown catches in that game. So that game alone, he would have had like almost 30 fantasy points by himself. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's just, he is that good when you target him. Um, and I think that there were games where he was just really like, he was targeted 11 times in his last game of the season, week 13, uh, uh-huh. he caught six passes for 18 yards. Um, which is, that's horrible. That's just straight up bad. Um, you, there's not really a lot of times that you can find where he was really good last year besides game one. Um, but he, the biggest thing that there's two things for me with TJ Hawkinson, a, he was a first round pick in the top 10. Yep. So that kind of like there's always been concerns for me where you have Marvin Jones, you have, you know, uh, uh, Kenny Galladay. He's going to be the third target on the team. And that does concern me a little bit more than not. And I I don't think the running backs are going to overtake him at all in terms of there's going to be dump offs. Like Hawkinson will be the third guy in this offense, but it's concerning that he is the third guy. You know what I mean? And, um, So that was one of the concerns that I had, but I think he's a top 10 pick. So I think he demands target share. You know what I mean? I think he demands 110 targets just because of where he is, how big he is, how good he is at the game of football. Um, I I really do believe that TJ Hawkinson is just going to demand that target share. 
Um, and then the second thing is, is he was horribly inefficient last year. It was like I said, 54% catch rate is just bad. And I think that that has a lot to do with rookie wide, uh, rookie wide receivers, rookie tight ends, having a very hard time figuring out offenses and figuring out how they can perform effectively in an offense. Uh, for the majority of their rookie season. There's not many guys that just click automatically. Um, he was yeah. injured. He got hurt at one point, but I think for him, he was just, I, I think it was just him understanding the pro game, like kind of connecting the dots there. And he didn't have a quarterback for a majority of the season. So I think in his second year, he's going to have, you know, a full year of NFL experience under his belt. He's going to have the playbook under his belt and he's going to Matt Stafford for 16 games. So I think all of that kind of, you know, accumulates into him having a much better 2019 campaign. I, I do think he's a little bit more of a stretch to think that he can finish in the top five just because sure, he hasn't done targets. it. But I think that there's a real shot that um, you could actually get a decent top seven, eight tight end this year from Gesicki. I mean, not uh, from right. Hawkinson, I should say. And if he blows onto the scene and ends up with eight touchdowns and a thousand receiving yards and he's the next Travis Kelsey, then there you go. But I think he's, he's decent at the value that he's, he's getting drafted at. Right. I mean, an interesting sort of statistic I I looked at the other day was um, since 1996, Mm -hmm. I believe there has only ever been five tight ends that to finish in the top 10 for rookies um, during like during the rookie season. And one of them was Gronk. Romans, Jeremy Shockey, like some like yeah. all time players. Um, so usually 99% of the time, even if they're a great tight end, they don't have a great rookie season. Yeah. Like Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, like look at all the tight ends. Yeah. The top tight ends for right sure. now, Mark Andrews, Austin Hooper. It takes them a year or two to really get going. Yeah. I think TJ Hawkinson is going to have a great year this year. I, yeah, I understand sure. Marvin Jones is there. Uh, Kenny Galladay is there. I think he's probably going to be like the third option. You mm-hmm. could debate him and Danny Mandola all day. Um, but I think he's going to, he's still going to get, he's going to, first of all, he's going to be more, much more efficient this year with, with Matt Stafford yeah. being uh, his quarterback full time. That offense, you know, the Lions, I know a lot of people hate the Lions and hate the, hate the Lions because they disappoint them every year. Uh, and I'm not saying they're going to be a great football team because they could very easily go find offense. But that offense is legit. Like they're gonna score points. Yeah. And they're gonna get touchdowns. And I think TJ Hawkinson, mm-hmm. he is the best red zone threat as well. I mean, Kenny Galladay, you can make the argument for him. Yeah. I think with, with the best corner on him, and they might even double team him. TJ Hawkinson is gonna be a red zone machine okay. uh this year. I mean, he had multiple drops last year in the red zone. I think he had two or three. Um and what he did in week one last year, I think we're that gonna just see shows a lot you what year two. I think it just shows you what he's capable of. Sure. That's the only game that we have where we can just get sweaty about and freak out. But I well, think Hawkinson's I mean, ridiculous. You look at like, they kind of, he wasn't really involved in the game plan in the next few weeks. And I think when they wanted to start getting him more involved is when Matt Stafford went down. Yeah. I mean, when Matt Stafford went down, he had three catches on Thanksgiving. How do you get one catch the next week? How do zero you zero catches? How do you and, justify targeting a guy nine times? He gets six catches, 131 yards and a touchdown, and then just completely <laughs> write him out of the game plan for like three straight weeks following that. Because he's a rookie tight end. Yeah. That's he's not a, a rookie tight end anymore. I hope that happens every week and we get ridiculous tight end for the entirety of the season. It's like the next Gronk and or Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or something like that. Yeah. I hope that's what he is. I mean he that's what he his ceiling have, is. 
Like, oh, absolutely. I think Kasiki can be a top absolutely. five tight end like Austin Hooper, yeah. but I think TJ Hawkinson can be one of the best tight ends in the history, history of the Kittle game. And Kelsey for sure. Yep, agreed. Uh, but let's talk about some news just really quickly and then end the program. Uh, the NFL accepted the NFL PA's demand of zero preseason games ahead of the 2020 season, so we will not be watching football until September 10th. Kind of sad, I think. but I'll September still 9th, maybe. I just as long as football is there. As long as there is football, so there will be right. football in this. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of. I haven't season. watched preseason. Like I usually don't watch the preseason. I was going to watch preseason. This That's week. what happens when you start like actually like doing um, insane amounts of research. And you spend the entire yeah. offseason projecting, and then you get excited. I, I literally watched like probably 30 preseason games this year <laughs> out of pure That's excitement. Insane. It got so boring after like the first 12 minutes, though. I bet, yeah. Um, but anyway, it was interesting to see like, you know, you don't get those weird situations where like people started, uh, you know, like I think I last watched year, a lot of like highlights of the preseason last year, like individual players. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah. I just, David, watched, like, David Montgomery, though, was like a sixth round pick or a seventh round pick, and then he scored a touchdown and he was a fourth round pick the next week. And it's like, <laughs> he's just not going to have that in redraft. Yeah. Which is a lot better, I guess. But um, yeah, there will be a 2020 season. Um, I don't think it's going to be, you know, as the next couple weeks play out, we'll see what happens. Mm. Um, there were some situations with the MLB and COVID cases and. You know, so and then, you know, obviously Twitter goes hyperbolic on everything and says that the NFL shouldn't have a season. And I, I it's it gets a little crazy, but I think if the NFL starts, they're going to finish. Um, and I, I it just depends on if they start on time, you know, Thursday night, September 9th or 10th. I can't remember what date it is. If they start then, you know, the season's going to happen in full. So I wouldn't be worried about that. But we are we are six to seven weeks out from that happening. So six to seven weeks of this whole friggin' COVID situation has been it, anything can happen. Realistically, uh, free agent Devonta Freeman's player rep said that he, his client would likely find a new team in the immediate future. They predicted the end of July. Uh, so uh, we are in that week. We'll let you know if anything happens with Devonta Freeman. Um, the rumored uh, teams are the Eagles want- and the uh, Bucks. Uh, just quickly, because I remembered this is another piece of news that's yeah. kind of similar. But Sean McCoy has also said he wants to return, and there's apparently interest from the Bucks. Oh, man, dude. You know, Devonta Freeman's going to end up an eagle. Ew. And I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to be like, I'm just going to have to throw all of my Miles Sanders like love in a I have trash so can. much love for Miles Sanders. He's like my one of my favorite guys right now. We literally would have to have adjust. shares of him in any league because he's getting so expensive. Yeah. And like if they sign Devonte Freeman, I'm just going to sit back and be like, well, you know, I might've been wrong, but at least I don't yeah. own any, uh, Mount Sanders shares. I mean, even if they signed Devonte Freeman, he'll still be good, but he might not be like, that. yeah, he's going to be the same. I think he's going to be a little better than he was last year. Um, but it's just, t- yeah, he'll get the he, same he, target he, share through the air and he'll probably rush 200 times, but he's not going to get 300 touches. That's for sure. Right. Um, probably. let's, Let's uh, move on to the next piece of news. We have uh, the Washington Redskins are now the Washington football team because uh, they were too lazy to come up with a new name. So there's that. Their, their jerseys. Are, are you excited to refer to them as the in, for the entire season as a football no, team? I've heard like people can. Can we say like, that football team beat the Patriots? <laughs> the Washington football. Yeah, Washington. Know, it is weird for sure. I've heard people compared to like Chelsea's football club, like in soccer. Yeah, and like I, that that makes me feel a little bit better about it. But I that still we're not think completely it's, stupid. It's, 
Yeah, but it's still it's still dumb. It's still really dumb. Yeah. Their jerseys look like Madden generic jerseys. Like that's true. That you like create a team and then you didn't edit their jerseys. That's what it looks like. Oh my! The 49ers are <laughs> expected to restructure, uh, or the 49ers did restructure uh, Raheem Mostert's contract. So there's no trades. He's staying with the 49ers. Are you still yeah. excited about him now that you got to rethink your love? I'm not really crazy about him, but yeah. I think he's going to be solid. I think uh, the big thing for him is that there is a, like, I think he has, um, I think a writer for, uh, I think it's Bobby Sylvester from uh, Fantasy Pros wrote an article. I could be wrong about the writer, but anyway, they wrote an article on Fantasy Pros' top 12 league winners, and Raheem Mostert was one of those, and he said Raheem Mostert could be a top five running back this year. Um. My question is, I, I don't actually disagree with him on that front. I just think that at the like the chances of that happening are probably slim. And if you're if you're using a fourth or fifth round draft pick to to get him, and then he ends up just being like a a, a Shanahan running back that just completely disappears, um, yeah. you wasted a fifth round pick. So I think the value is too much. Like if he was sixth or seventh round pick in twelve team, I would be all on board with him. But at this point, I think it's just too much draft capital to be spending on a running back where you have that que- you have the Shanahan question of like, is he going to start him full time? Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that really quickly. I just wanted to end the program. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I it's definitely a concern. Yeah. And like they have so much talent there mm-hmm. uh, with Tevin Coleman as well and Jared McCain. So and Jeff Wilson, uh, Jeff even Wilson though Jr. I don't think he's going to be yeah. much involved, but. Yeah, that that is for sure a concern. I, I think when he's out there, he'll play well though, just because they're very often. It's going to be similar to last year, right? Where no matter who they're running back, I think he's going to get more well. opportunity than he did last. He will year. get more opportunity than he did last year, but by how much, right? Um, it really just depends where he's going in the draft. But I'm no. not trying to draft him over some guys no, like right. in the like a James Conner or players. Like, like I'd rather I'd rather draft David Montgomery. For who sure. I know yep. is going to get like 275 touches as opposed to, you know, Raheem Mostert, who might would get rather, like, I know you're down on Le'Veon Bell, but would you rather Le'Veon Bell or Raheem Mostert? I would probably rather... Uh, Don't do it. It's close. It's no, really it's close. Le'Veon Bell. I'm sorry. Bell was bad last year efficiency-wise. I'd rather take a more efficient I know running he back. was bad efficiency-wise last year, but he's going to get the same amount yeah. of punches. He was like the RB 11 or 12 last year. The final piece of news we have uh, is Dalvin Cook. They said Dalvin Cook or uh, the coach of the Minnesota Vikings said that Dalvin Cook was going to report and he's heard it from the horse's mouth, Dalvin Cook himself. And then uh, his agent refuted the report and said that he was planning to. uh... Wait a minute. Dalvin Cook's agent refuted a report that. Okay, he he refuted a report that he was planning (laughs) to report. I was I was getting it right. I thought I read it wrong. Um, he was re- he was refuting a p- report that uh, he was planning to report to training camp on time for the second time in three hours on Saturday evening. So basically, his agent is saying that he's not reporting, and he's saying that he's reporting, and everyone's saying there's reporting. So I don't know what's going on with Dalvin Cook. We'll let you know, if, and we'll know. keep that. I, I just hope he's. I hope they get something done because I own him. <laughs> it would so. be sad if he left. Um, yeah, that'll do it for the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to check out the draft guide. Go buy it. Do all that good stuff. Check our website, thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and we will talk to you on Thursday with our running back and wide receiver values. Peace out.
Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.